You're listening to The Rest of Us on The Rest of Us Podcast Network. golf yeah and like it's one of those boring things you're like well I, I we can push the envelope and by which i mean not actually push the envelope just make a bunch of stupid golf videos and like i like the concept and like i guess you could say brand motivation of like getting people back to doing hard things which is all the golf is right it's like the grind and then enjoying the fact that like grinds are fun and it's like a game and just go have fun like stop relax right like it's you don't have to play by the rules and actually i think in talking to uh my mentee yesterday that was the big thing for me he was talking about a black mirror episode and he's like yeah there's all these rules and aspirations and stuff like that and i go but you always have the option to not play like you can just not play the game Right. Like whatever that game is, you can go, I'm just going to go do something else. Right. Like golf. I'm going to play not golf. I'm just make up my own rules. And so like, I would say that's option a option B is like the same kind of meta definition, right? Like the same motivations just in a different context. Right. So is it more like, do we want to create a podcast that just talks about stuff and things, which is really broad of which the subtype is golf, or do we want to use golf as a vehicle to talk about other things? I don't, I don't know enough about golf, right. To, to say, let's have a, let's have a a hole in hole in one, you know, podcast about golf and how much, um, which I'm, I mean, I'm fine with learning. I like to learn. And so like, I like the idea of golf as it relates to, you know, like the leadership or self-improvement or or uh you know i guess social you know social problems so maybe maybe the focus can be common everyday things as they relate to the betterment of of people of of yourself or each other that i do like right so like i like your abstraction what is cool i think about how you craft stories right and you have to have characters and stories and you cast the characters and so you can even say okay i'm going to make this storyline of this dude always relates that storyline to golf you can relate it to dungeons and dragons or like character mm-hmm. development and storytelling right and then that gives us also the option in later worlds to like have guest speakers right because it's like well this is how you and i view worlds it's almost like games right like but i like the idea that like life is a game and we have to enjoy it and we can kind of like play by whatever rules we set it's like shakespeare said right life is a stage and we are all merely players mm-hmm. or whatever he said you know that's probably not the exact quote but like yeah. something like that you know yeah, which is basically no, I, like I get what you're saying yeah right and so like enjoy it right that i actually really really resonates with me because i think that like that is the lesson that I always took away from the military, right? Like we all die in the end. And it's slowly what I think both drives me nuts personally is that like, it's a bunch of people that you just want to grab. It'd be like, you die, like, just go have fun, man. Like if you want to go play golf, go play golf. Why are you so fucking stressed out about it? Or, you know, like do these things that you see as fun and like enjoy the, almost the childhood part of it, right? Like we lost our sense of wonderment. And then the second part of that is like, um right like all of the other lessons that get taught from it 
right? Like kind of that, like do it because it's hard, right? It's kind of like Kennedy said, we do this not because it's easy, but because it's hard. Mm-hmm. And we could use more of that, I think. I like that. Um, I, th- I one, of the, one of the topics I really like kind of that we've, we've touched on a few times is uh, the gamification of, of things to make them more palatable to people. And, you know, how everything, um, you know, like there's no new concepts, you know, it's just, we're, but we're getting more creative in the way that we get people to accept older concepts. Like we're talking about NFTs, you know, NFTs are, are not a new thing. And it like anyone that's ever played an MMORPG has had an NFT at some point. It was something in game that was assigned to only their character and they they could it was a commodity that could be traded in game and in fact in world of warcraft they that was really popular to sell items in the real world for for real money in the game yeah so to abstract this right because now i'm running down two parallel lines i really like this framework and storyline because like from a meta perspective, again, what I like about it is that we are basically focused on the same objective, right? Like mm-hmm. we have two different perspectives about the same goal. And that is like, in my opinion, the power of actual storytelling and what this could be called gamified, right? Like it could become how do we gamify this and how do we enjoy this? But like, we're telling this, not the same story, but we're kind of, we're marching towards the same goal. And yeah. because we agree that the goal is to like, not do things that suck, right? Stop doing things that aren't worth doing and do things you enjoy. Um, some of those things include the adversity of doing it. Um, like that is a goal that outsizes us. And I think that would be powerful. So back to what you were saying, like, like and actually this would be good too, because I don't know, I don't know a ton about like, I've never played World of Warcraft and I know um, Dungeons and Dragons and passing in the sense of like mm-hmm. played it in high school, but like, I don't know enough about it. So you'd have to teach me and I can teach you about golf, right? And it becomes its own, <laughs> it becomes its own thing <laughs> yeah. in economics. And like, and, and we both have probably a decent, a little bit enough knowledge to be dangerous, but I think that's the point of it. Anyway, carry on. So I really don't know what you mean about like World of Warcraft. Okay, so World of Warcraft, you know what, it, obviously you know what it is. It's, it's a game, it's massively multiplayer yep. online role-playing game, but there are other games like that, like RuneScape and, and, I play one that's uh, called Neverwinter, um, and it, you know, there, but there's stuff that exists. Well, in I the play game. always summer. I'm there sorry. you go. That works. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. You know, there are items within the game that they're rare, rare items, right? So people right. will get it and, and on the you know different sites and say, hey, I'll, I'll transfer this item to you for X number of dollars. Just send me money oh, on right. PayPal. And they do it, and it's there's there's a whole economy uh, based on it. Is there anything that tracks it? Like it's it's um, tracked. It's tracked in game. It's and like so like games become really neat proxies for real world economies, and yeah. uh, also there was an example in World of Warcraft specifically where there was a a disease and it. it originated in in like a boss fight it was vectored out of the boss fight on companion like creatures usually at at the end of a fight all of the buffs would be wiped but 
when they coded it, they didn't wipe the buffs on the creatures. So they brought it out of the game and it got out into the rest of the server. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it was interesting unintended side effect, you know? Yeah. But yeah, it's almost like the human element. Like meaning like I remember watching a YouTube video of what is now the white wedding from game of thrones right where like same deal it was world of warcraft and like somebody had died in game and somebody went and just killed everybody at the funeral they were doing a virtual wake and they like killed and i don't know which one which one was first right but like to your point about like kind of the almost not metaverse mega multi-dimensional verse (laughs) (laughs) That's fascinating. One of the things is I read a really good book many years ago about uh, how we got to now. And it talks about kind of these big concepts, almost abstract concepts that drove us to where we are today and almost like the butterfly effect and chaos theory and stuff. But the big part is like one of the things that always stuck to me is that innovation happens in clusters. And sometimes the cluster is really tightly bound, right? Like we all know the, the story of the phone where it's Graham Bell and somebody else, right? Like one of bell beat him to the patent office and that's who we know of and we forget like i can't think of his name right and that's <laughs> yeah we forget guy number two uh and so sometimes it's very tight like that and then sometimes it's just talking about how we can come up with the same five or six different ideas in uh, a cluster and i think we forget sometimes that we've only been at this for like a hundred ish years in technology in terms of the interwebs right it really only came about it came about a longer time ago, but we've really only, it's only been embedded into our society. Um, I would say in the, the last 10-ish years, since 2010-ish with the advent of social media. I guess, you know, we look at these these technologies that kind of change the way we do things. You know, how it was only, what, 66 years from the Wright brothers to when we put someone on the moon. The space program is always an interesting thing. We had a common enemy, which means it's really easy to align resources and align objectives, right? Because we had to beat the Russians at that point. And then we had a common enemy, which meant we could be, we could have a shared goal. And now I think one of the big things that's lacking, especially since the collapse of the Soviet Union, is that we're kind of all unfocused because we don't have anything to focus on that like we can agree is a threat. Yeah. Um, both good and bad. And I think we've almost cheated it back to like the video games point where we introduced this idea that you could just go buy and affect cheat codes, XP or coins or whatever, like that digital currency of the game was. And then as a function of that, we got in this idea that you could be a one army, right? That, that I think the big things that we've steered clear of that made society great as represented in, in things like MMORPGs is uh, you couldn't be good at everything, right? You could be a mage or a healer or a tank or you could you could have these very specific roles but as a function of your very specific role you had some very specific weaknesses and you had to work as a team and like to me i think that's one of the big things first the military always taught me uh like team and unit cohesion and then just simply like we've we've turned more inward and we've gotten our arms wrapped around this concept that we can do everything by ourselves uh, and it's left us, like, in my opinion, we've lost a lot of, like, the macro social effects of that, right? We've lost our ability to be a community, and we've lost our ability to, like, have opinions that differ from ours. We've lost our ability to, like, 
keep focused on the main goal. And now we see so many things as the enemy because we don't have a singular enemy that we can focus on, right? So everybody's our enemy. And in that way, the world is very small and that sucks. Like that's a, that's a stressful world to exist in. And I think that's where, unfortunately, a lot of us exist today. Well, so yeah, I guess I'm a believer that the idea that like our brains are squishy and malleable and they're always adopting. Yeah. Right. And so like for and against how we have evolved, like, and this is just my, I guess, non-doctoral opinion on the matter. We can only accept, let me try to figure out how to phrase this in the right way. Because it's totally like, the goal is obviously not to generate pseudoscience, but it's not pseudoscience. If we see everything, if nothing is stressful, then everything is stressful. And we can only like, accept and learn to adopt to the thing in the point in time that is our biggest stressor. Meaning like if the biggest thing that I deal with on a day-to-day basis and my only baseline for stress is that I can't eat lunch at noon and I have to eat it at 1 p.m. and that's the greatest stressor that I've ever endured, I could see why that's stressful for me. But the other flip side of that coin is that we now cater to the idea that everybody has to have lunch at noon instead of being like, yeah, sometimes it's stressful, right? Like it's okay to be stressed out. It's okay not to get your lunch uh, on time. And it's okay to like, it's on you to learn to improvise, adapt and overcome and learn how to basically not only overcome these adversities, but understand that they're not adversities, right? Like face those head on is like Stoics used to talk about the idea that discomfort Comfort is a slow death, right? And so discomfort is something that we have to embrace. And now everything is so comfortable that like nothing is uncomfortable, by which I mean that everything is stressful. Like I think of at least the veteran community, and it's not even to say that we haven't all endured some level of trauma or stressor, but the idea that we see veterans or combat veterans as like this removed part of society. And it's not to say like PTSD and and actual mental things aren't issues that need to be treated. But the other flip side of that is that it can teach you a lot, right? Like, like we devalue the lessons that are taught by the stressor and overvalue the regression toward the mean that everybody has to be a certain way. And we have to discredit what people have gone through regardless of their background. And we don't account for all of that. What makes the United States great is that in any great team is that you can all pull together and go, we all have diverse backgrounds. And this is stressful to me because, and this is stressful to you because, and somebody else is going to see probably both of those and be like, this isn't stressful to me. And then like, because there's somebody first in that group that it isn't stressful toward because of their own experiences and they have the experiences to lead through it, uh, they can then shepherd the team through whatever that mission is. And you can trade hands because you're all equal. But the second that we say, well, the person who is the most traumatized or the most this or the most that is now the kind of our guide on carrier that becomes like really scary in a way because you know, this person is not capable of doing this and there's nothing wrong with not being capable of doing this, but we should not be like, you would then need to lead us because you are our weakest link. Uh, it's like kind of the opposite, right? Like we have to work together and use weaknesses as strengths, which is not what we do today. So what's what's the solution then? How do we round round the corner between what we do today, which is excluding those with weaknesses, uh, to 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 exploiting those weaknesses as strengths? I don't know if exploiting yeah. is the right word, but 
Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, I think the lesson that I learned, I'll get to your solution in a second. The lesson that I learned from immediately having to go from invisible injury, injury of PTSD to, in effect, the same injury that's now visible with a service animal was how much differently people will treat you because now you have a visible versus invisible injury. It is the responsibility of the individual that needs help to ask for help. Uh, it takes strength and courage to be like, I cannot do this. And it takes self-awareness to say, I cannot do this. But it's also not incumbent upon everybody else to say, well, what, like, how do we help you, right? It's like learning to adapt and overcome, I guess. You go, I can't do it this way. So I'm just going to find another way around because I'm still going to accomplish my goal, right? I still want to go golfing. I couldn't go golfing because it stressed me out because I had to deal with a whole bunch of people giving me advice that I didn't ask for. Right. And then I had a service dog and she couldn't go like, adding that just added fuel to that fire because then they were giving me advice that I didn't ask for. And they saw me as injured in a way. Right. So mm -hmm. they gave me extra advice because in their minds, they were helping me. And it, they were actually making things worse because it was me going, I'm fine. Right. Like, yeah, I got my own issues, but I'm not asking you to account for my own issues. Like I'm, I, you know, like completely composed. Uh, and it actually made everything worse versus just like making it incumbent upon individuals to just state what they what they need help with, right? It's like kind of as bad as it is, and it's not self-serving, but staying focused on um, our own strengths and then understanding that it's okay to like disagree and it's, uh, it's like stop worrying about what other people think, I guess is the short answer. Thanks for tuning in today. Please like and subscribe and don't forget to turn on your notifications so you can hear all the latest from the rest of us.